start off a little bit about us, like I've told you earlier, um, this is Dr. Carroll. Um, he's worked with athletes at the high school level, collegiate level, and professional level. And um, together we have both teamed up to provide like the necessary services for athletes, obviously um, with my experience in the professional collegiate level, as well as dealing with issues like injuries, mental health, and off-field issues. Um, I'm a firm believer, he's a firm believer, and you're a firm believer that sports psychology, psychology is like a key part for athlete yes. success, you know? 100%. And Dr. Carroll, you can take it away. Yeah, well, thanks so much for joining us, Sydney. Um, obviously, I know a little bit about your story, um, and being a, a track or a cross-country track runner, is, it's uh, interesting, too, because it's sort of unique competitive sport, particularly as it relates to um, challenges, mental toughness, and things like self-talk and routines. So I wanted to get into that, but I'd really love to, I mean, myself and obviously our listeners, hopefully um, hear a little bit about your story. I know you started, you got into track a little bit later and you had some things going on in, in your life that I think was the impetus or reason for you to start that. I'm just curious how your track journey started and why. Yeah, for sure. So um, my aunt who passed away when I was a freshman in high school, she kind of introduced me into running and I saw her run a race when I was really little and she's my inspiration. I've always thought she was like coolest person in the world. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And then my mom put me in girls on the run. I absolutely loved it. And then when I got and to middle I'm school, I'm sorry, what, what is that Sydney? What is girls on the run? Um, It's like a running club from like third graders to fifth graders okay. where they talk about like, you know, mental health a little bit and more like <laughs> providing like a healthy environment for athletes like when they're in elementary school yeah <laughs> and then in middle school I really started to get into it and then my freshman year of high school my aunt passed away from cancer and that's kind of when I poured everything into running and so my motivation kind of comes from that like I run for her and yeah and then just kept going and fell in love with it my high school coach is absolutely wonderful and yeah I just kept going and then ran in college and it's been something so that's interesting so yeah I'm sorry to hear about the loss you're you're on it's it's pretty fascinating motivation but it sounds like you you were obviously into running before that I'm curious I don't know if you can explain anymore but like how did losing your aunt like I guess you know what was what was that fuel or what was going on in your mind when you said you know I'm going to run for her and how that drove your father I mean obviously we should have introduced you more so your division one uh, runner. So like, how did that, how did that loss your freshman year in high school sort of change your attitude, your motivation, maybe your work ethic and drive? Like, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because one thing I'm trying to get at is, and I'd like to hear more about this from you too, is that like, you know, we all deal with mental health and loss in our life differently. Yeah. Athletics is obviously a wonderful avenue for us to deal with things not just because of the focus it provides and the outlet but also because of the camaraderie right so anyway I'd, I'd like to hear more about how that shaped your 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 career and your passion more yeah I've kind of used running as a coping mechanism um I say it's like when I think the best and she was one of the strongest people I knew and so I guess in my head it's like if she like she can do it like that's where my strength comes from and I just use it as a coping mechanism if I'm having a bad day. That's fascinating. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. No, yeah, I can kind of relate to that too. 
definitely when I was younger, I didn't really have like a, an, an influence, you know. But then I had like a best friend, uh, Dr. Carol knows a story, who had passed away when I was playing the sport. And it definitely took me to a different perspective. Like he was dealing with like on-field issues, um, didn't really get like the offers he wanted. He played my position and he had the biggest smile on his face always, at least uh, um, like the kids and like people our age. But apparently to the coaches, um, they saw his on-field issues, off-field issues more than we did at the time. Like, unfortunately, he's not here today. But definitely after that incident, like, it made me realize and it gave me, like, a, a little bit of a motivation to, like, okay, like, in a way, I'm playing for him because he played my position. He taught me stuff that I didn't know about my position at the time. And that was definitely a motivating factor that had, like, helped me through college, at least for a little. Yeah. This, you know, this is really good material for all of us and, hope, and I hope for our audience as well. And I'd like to ask you guys both actually more of a question, a question that relates to this. So, you know, when you lose somebody like an aunt or let's say you're having some other type of challenge in Sydney, you said, you know, coping mechanism. And one thing I talk a lot about uh, with my athletes is having <clears throat> like contrast or like novel activities in their life so that like they were able to, you know, we put our intense focus into our sport which is obviously what we do but then having other things so for example i got a track i'm actually working with a, a track and a cross-country guy right now who's hopefully going on to college and he had sort of a breakdown his junior year mid-race he literally stopped <clears throat> and he had these thoughts going through his head like i can't do this and he literally stopped the whole kind of another story which is also interesting but he had burnout in addition to a lot of pressure and so he like i got him like surfing more I got him like he's he's a musician, loves playing guitar. So what I'm trying to get at with you and asking you is, you said like running was your coping mechanism, which is awesome. And I, you know, if I was working with an athlete like working with you or as an athlete like yourself, you know, we'd get into that more and we'd get into more of like not burning out and how you're you're pacing yourself as a, as a college athlete. But my question for you is, did you create other coping mechanisms for yourself? Are there, do you have other outlets in your life going all the way back to your freshman year in high school? Yeah, I would definitely say I struggled with that for a while because I was just so consumed by like the grief of losing my aunt and then everything just kind of being different. Um, and then, of course, like going into high school from middle school was completely a change for me. Um so for a while, it really was just like school and running, school and running. And I kind of, like you said, I burnt out and I was yeah. my senior year of high school, actually um, tore my labrum in my hip. So I had hip oh, surgery. Wow. Oh, so wow. I lost my senior, yeah. So I lost my senior year of high school and then most of my freshman year of college. And then of course COVID. So it was, gotcha. so I was pretty much forced to find other like, outlets and ways to cope which was very very hard for me yeah um, and I would say right now I'm definitely I've definitely found better coping me mechanisms so I'll, me and my friends like we'll go hiking we'll go to the lake we've recently yeah. like that's what I'm talking about go to concerts all the time I actually just yeah. started helping out and coaching a local high school and middle school here so those are kind of my coping mechanisms yeah no, that's just what I'm talking about um because a lot of guys that I work with, you know, we talk about burnout. And let's be honest, Nathan can attest to this too. Sort of amazing. This is just a common theme I see in my office all the time, which is you guys playing 12 months a year. Like you guys are like essentially running a pro program at the under 14 and high school level. So burnout's constant. So 
I'm really glad that you shared that regards to having other avenues and outlets for, um, for coping. What about you, Nathan? You know, you dealt with the loss of a, a close friend when you were, what was that under, you were in under 17s or under 14s? I was like 16, 15. Yeah. Like Sydney said, um, middle school, high school, even like when I was younger, like that's all I really knew. It was soccer and school, soccer and school. It was driving at least two hours away just to make it to training Monday through Thursday because obviously LA, uh, the traffic and all that. But then when I like touched college, it was a whole different environment. You know, you have so many people coming in, you have uh, people from so many backgrounds and ethnicities and all this stuff. Um, so it was definitely like an an eye-opening experience, at least for me. Because even growing up in LA, like I wasn't really experiencing that as a young age because it was just soccer and school, soccer and school. I was making sure I got like the opportunity to go to school and not pay as much because of like the abilities or just get these scholarships, you know, so my parents wouldn't pay. There was just so much running through my mind. And I guess when I touched my freshman year of college, I definitely had like a breakdown where I was just like, okay, they don't really like appreciate me or like there's just other factors that I just didn't realize was going to hit me. And I just started like hanging out with my roommate. My roommate was a good influence in terms of just getting me out of like my mentality that I was just so stuck in. Yeah. Like an entrepreneur, um, just like a very good person to be, be next to and live with. So I was really like fortunate to have that person in my life. So I actually wouldn't mind stopping here for a second because it's so relevant for high school kids. But quite frankly, uh, I think I'd be, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say to high school. And again, earlier, because I'm just seeing so much of it in my office. Um, yeah, Cindy, what would you share with like the high school kid about burnout in the, like the 12 month a year program everybody's running? I mean, I'd love to hear from both of you guys on that, what you guys would share with the younger audience, because it's certainly an issue. And it's an issue for parents, too, who are you know, driving their kids around the world to play seven soccer games in a weekend and they're dishing out a thousand dollars. We all kind of, you guys certainly are aware of that as well. So I'm curious, yeah, what you'd say to high school kids who are certainly dealing with that and I'm dealing with that with my athletes as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, with track and cross country being like in season all time, I know soccer's kind of, you're playing all year long, but track and cross country, it's competing all year. Um, and so burnout, like, it's very easy. And so my advice to high schoolers would be do it because you love it, not because you feel like you have to. Yeah, and that's it. something that I'm definitely struggling with in college and really just not taking it for granted, you know, and just find ways to make it fun because it, it is fun and it should be fun. And if it's not, then it's not and, worth it. And every race matters for you guys, too. Like, at least in soccer, yeah. we have 32 games. Like, you know, it's a whole, like, full load of season. Like, you can – there's teams that lose too, but like a race is like, you kind of have to win every race. So at least that's like the mentality, like people yeah. like indent in, in running, you know? And also, um, mine is kind of like similar to you though. Uh, mine is just more of like, like, I feel like I have to constantly think of the positives and think of like the good moments in order to be happy. At least in soccer, like you have to get into people's heads. You're forward. You have to like talk shit to the, the defender. You have to get him out of the zone. You have to like shove him a little, you know, you have to like tell him like, oh, you're like, you're playing a bad game and your parents are watching, you know, like it's just a negative and powerful moment. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't define you. That's what I'm going to get at. Because after the games, like, let's just say you play bad or you play well, you, it, you have a whole life ahead of you. You have your parents who want to talk to you about other stuff. You have your little brother, like, at least for me, I had a little brother who like, he was just making jokes about like 
what's going on in life, you know, YouTube and all like just getting back into like, okay, like there's a whole life ahead of me besides the sport, you know? Yeah. I remember what I was going to say. Um, also to the high school kids, like being open about if something's wrong, like in your mental health not wrong, or if you feel like um, something's not right in terms of like coaching your team, like really just speak up about that. Cause that's not, thankfully that was not my experience in high school. Like I had probably one of the best experiences in high school. My high school coach and I still talk all yeah. the time. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, that's also why I started like reaching out and coaching these middle school and high school team here. Um, Cause I wanted to make sure that they knew that my experience in high school is that's what it's supposed to be about. Like, it's not, it doesn't matter how fast you run. Like you should not be treated by your place. Like you're not a number, how fast you run. You should be treated at, like you should be and as a person. And I think that was kind of my goal with that to know so that they have that base foundation of like, this is what it's like to be an athlete. And this is how I should be treated as an athlete and not necessarily my experience right now. Yeah, this is good stuff. And your comments actually segue into what was bubbling in my head um, when you guys were both talking. So we're going kind of deep here, but I mean, I want to hear you guys. I want to hear what you want to, sh what you would share again with particularly the high school. This is all relevant to, to college and pros, just the same, but the dilemma is the same is, is I think more stressful for the high school athlete. And I want to hear what you guys have to say. And what I'm trying to say is you're playing 12 months a year and you're competitive. So on the one hand, it's a system that's kind of designed to burn you out because they're, they're just got you guys running all year round. Right. And then at the same time, you guys want to go to the next level. So I don't want to take a break from this 12 month a year program because I want to go to the next level and I'm competitive. My parents want the best for me, but at the same time, it's kind of designed to burn out. So my question for both of you guys how like vocalize, and I think you've, you've talked a little bit about this sitting. How do you carve out, hey, I'm taking this season. I'm, I'm doing track 12 months. Hey, Nathan, I'm, I'm doing soccer 12 months a year. I'm 14 years old. How do you verbalize that to coaches, to parents, to Division One recruiters? Like, I really want to hear the struggle or what you guys would say, again, to the high school and younger kids with this dilemma, which I, again, see in my office all the time. Um, Nathan might have a better answer to this than I do because the last four years have been pretty hard for me. Um, I've been injured basically my entire college career. So I've been forced to take that break from competing and from running. Um, which looking back, I would, I wouldn't, don't necessarily wish it didn't happen, but I wouldn't wish that it did happen. Yeah. Um, I've kind of come to terms with it that I haven't completed a full season since I've been in college. and. I guess like having that like forced time like has made me appreciate my sport so much more. And that's also where my drive and my motivation comes from of like all these people told me I needed to stop running and that I'd never be as good as I was in high school or like the years in college. And I've always been able to come back and like bounce back. And so that's kind of been my motivation and why like, I don't know, I was going to say Nathan might be able to answer this better than I can because I've been forced to take time off, but definitely like it with track, like in cross country, you have time like a week or two to take off. And I was one of those people in high school. They like, didn't want to, I was like, you know, I have, okay. to, I have to keep running. I have to keep running. No, that's, gotcha. 
and definitely like prioritizing that and you know summer isn't really in season um it's like a really good training block but you know definitely taking even just the day off a week that you don't run like really just taking advantage of that and if it's too much then tell them it's too like I need to prioritize my mental health which is kind of what I did this last year yeah I want to hear from Nathan but well maybe I can add this a little bit more this is a little bit of a twist but it's in the same vein and what I mean is because it's the same type of dilemma you're the competitive athlete but you're injured so I want to hear from you sitting and Nathan, I want to hear about you at burnout at the younger age, but sitting. So what I'm trying to get at is the dilemma of coming back too fast, dealing with injuries. This is something I deal with all the time. Of course, as you guys probably can imagine, we all deal with that injuries as athletes, but so how have you balanced coming, not coming back? What I'm trying to say is not coming back prematurely because that is frustrating, missing a whole chunk of your career. How have you balanced that? You know, and one thing I talk about with my, my athletes is you got to listen to doctors, you got to listen to your PT, you got to coaches, can get a little bit it can be a little bit more fuzzy there tension feel oh, you know your body too you know you gotta yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna say um yeah <laughs> i my hip surgery was the injury that i was not pushed too fast to come back from um that one took about a year and a half and that was very hard mentally um and then since being in college i mean it's kind of hard when i'm on a small team there's not a lot of us like and so of course I want to run my coach wants me to run my teammates want me to run so that has been kind of a hard like you know where's the line like where is it like okay for me to run where is it not yeah and so yeah that is very hard and I guess kind of like Nathan said you have to trust your body and you have to trust the doctors and um I would say I would rather wait a week now that have to be taken out like a week early. It's kind of what yeah. my mom told no, me. I love it. That's a great quote. I might yeah. steal that from you. <laughs> Nathan, what would you say about burnout, the, the, the under 17, under 14 level? Um, I would say that, at least in my experience, I felt like I couldn't say I was burnt out. I, I think that I was just like so indebted in the system. And like I knew in order to be the best and the elite, you have to put the work in. And there's times where you just don't want to put the work in. And that's, that's fair. Right. But right. I feel like, um, at least in that sense, I was in a good headspace where it's like, I knew what I was doing. I knew the goals that I had. Um, and I had like a, a, I had a, I had a backup at an A, I had a B and a C. I always thought, okay, if I couldn't go professional, at least if I couldn't go professional, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a free education, at least D1. If I don't go D1, at least I'm going D2, D3, but I'm getting the education. I'm not just putting myself down in the gutter and I'm just like not doing everything I've done in my life and just shutting off, you know? And that was also like, thank, uh, thanks to like the people around me, the mentors, um, just the overall group seeing, uh, like seeing my friends try to go to the elite level, which they are currently in, thankfully. And then others just fall out. Like I never wanted to be that type of person, but I feel like in terms of like communicating that with the coaches, it's like, like, um, I just, I felt like I couldn't say that. So I just found yeah. like my own, uh, way of just like talking to myself putting my goals and like separating myself from like yeah i'm in this team i'm in this system but like i'm not going to always be here you know like what's next always thinking what's next and then once i got into the college system in terms of like uh the commitment it's a nine to five technically but it feels like it's a 24-hour thing yeah, yeah. It, just like, it just does not stop yeah and i got to a point where uh, my mental health wasn't as strong as it was back then there's other factors coming involved, uh, 
like going to a new school, socializing with new people, relationships, just all, all this stuff going on, you know? So I got to the point where um, I did have a breakdown and it was a pretty bad breakdown. But then I realized, hey, like if I need time off, the only way I could communicate that with coaches in my experience was I'm injured. Like I don't like I'm injured. Like I, even wow. if I was injured, because if That's I told them, that. yeah, if I told them hey, like, I'm dealing with something, like they they wouldn't understand, or they would just think I'm soft or I'm weak. Yeah, that's just and what I'm talking about. I think that's the big issue here. It's like coaches need to realize, hey, like this guy is dealing with a lot of stuff. You you're getting a kid. Let's just say another. We had a kid um, from we had kids out of the country who like obviously didn't have the the proper education as we have here in, in the U.S. And the kids were struggling, you know? Besides struggling in school, they're struggling on the field, struggling with the coaches, you know? It's like, I think coaches have to realize, like, hey, like, they're also just humans. They can only take so much. Like, give them a break. <clears throat> now, we're hitting on some really juicy stuff, and I, I really appreciate your input on all this, both you guys. Um, <laughs> I want to follow up on this because it gets to kind of a juicier thing. And then I just got a couple more questions, Sydney. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I had a couple questions about like routines, goals, and self-talk, which I guess, you know, we're all athletes. We could all kind of go on forever. But so we're talking about burnout. You guys are giving me really good insight. And I think you're sharing really good points with everybody who's hopefully listening, especially the younger crowd. But what I'm, what I want to, my next question is, I think what's confusing for the young kids, because I see this all the time and Nathan just kind of hit on it, which is. I love my sport. I'm motivated. But man, I want to, it's like, it can be, because what we're talking about is like internal motivation, right? That's what we talk, internal drive. Like, like Sydney said, I do it because I love it. Find ways to make, like, you love it. You love soccer. You love running. Cool. And so I think what gets confusing for my younger athletes is, wow, I really like this, but man, I just don't want to play it all this summer. And, and dealing with that, issue because it's that can be very confusing i think for an internally motivated athlete like yourself how would you go how do you guys how would you address that your that yourself what would you say to to younger kids because i've been an advocate of i think that if you're talented nathan's talented you guys are both d1 athletes you're gonna go d1 like it's gonna happen and if you know you're gonna go pro you go d1 d2 d3 whatever you go minor league farm system i think for the most part you're going to get there. The scouts and, and, and franchises make mistakes. Absolutely. But guys being able to just say, Hey man, I don't want to play this summer because they're afraid their coach, you know, they're maybe a, on the bubble kind of player. So they're like, Oh, my coach isn't going to, you know, I, I don't want to take this. I want to take the summer off, but I'm afraid my coach is, you know, not going to like that. How would you guys address that dilemma? Yeah. Um, my mom and I are very close, and so we talk about everything. So something she has always told me is, I'm not, like, I run. I'm not just a runner. So I'm, yeah, not, I'm not justified awesome. by a runner. It's not something I am. It's something I do because I love to do it. And it's okay to take time off. Like I said before, I had a mental breakdown a few weeks ago because I haven't been able to run for a little bit. Yeah. And I texted my mom and I was like, what if I just run one mile? Like just one mile, you know, like I'll be all right. It was not supposed to run at all. And she was texting me back and she was like, would you rather want to run that mile now or have it taken from you in the future? And yeah. the truth is I, I wouldn't. And so I think it's all about, um, 
just realizing like it's okay to take time off and it's okay to prioritize your mental health mm. because I think definitely something in um, at least my experience being a college athlete is people f- tend to forget that like mental health is just as important as your physical health. In like, fact, it people, helps you feel your performance even greater. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And I've been very lucky to have um, a very supportive team and a very supportive athletic trainer who has opened my eyes to realize more that like it's okay for me to ask for help and it doesn't make me weak. It doesn't, you know, it makes me strong that I'm able to open up and, you know, want to do better for myself. That's good stuff. You're putting a lot of quotables out here, uh, Sydney. I'm, I'm writing it all down. I love, I run, I'm not a runner. I don't know if you know who Bill Russell is. He's obviously a famous Boston basketball player, but he said he, he was in, he was, uh, you know, he's six foot ten, and he was stopped at the airport one time. And uh, these these women said, "Hey, are you a basketball player?" And he said, "No." And then his teammates, like later on, they're at the airport, they're going to fly to some other game. Of course, he's a basketball player. He said, "No, it's it's what I do. I'm not a basketball player, though. I play basketball." So you guys are both really mature. I love it. These are really good insights. I think it's really helpful for anybody who's listening out there. Nathan, what would you say about that? Playing soccer twelve months a year, being confused about wanting time off. Because, because you are driven and motivated, but man, I just want to take three months off to just not play soccer. Overall, it's just like a balance, like just having that balance in your life, whether you don't even have to have it for yourself yet, I think. I think if you have the, the right people uh, around you, you have like, obviously, um, I was fortunate enough for like parents that would, were able to communicate that with me. Like there'd be times where I would play a, I would drive an hour and a half to play a game basically on weekends. And there was times where I'd play terrible, and I would not want to talk to anyone. I'd be in the front seat of the car, um, just shut, shut off. My parents would try to be talk to, talking to me, trying to get me out. And I remember times where I would just be rude and disrespectful, but those like talks with them kind of like helped me grow and mature to like realize like, hey, like there's a balance to my life. Like the game's over, you know. I st- I still felt like I was in the game. Like I kept thinking I could have done this better, I could have done that better. So just having that balance, whether, like I said, whether if you don't have it yet, like on your own, um, just realizing like there's always someone there to support you. Like there's always that one person that you realize like there's a bigger picture in life more than sports. You have a whole life ahead of you. Um, I'm a firm believer that all athletes who play have the opportunity to basically grow and like develop everything they've had in their system in terms of mentality, in terms of like their, their work ethic that they can transition that to all the workspace or like where they want to go in life in terms of jobs and uh, opportunities, you know? No, this is really good stuff. I, th- I, re- I really think, I don't know if you guys realize it, but I think the younger high school and, and will really appreciate what you guys are throwing down. And just, just to underscore and emphasize that you guys are both D1 athletes. You guys are both scholarship. So it's, it's really valuable stuff. I appreciate it. Um, it looks like we're, we got about 10 minutes on the recording, Nathan. Is that accurate? So Yeah, 10 minutes. Cool. So I think we can wrap things up. We're not necessarily wrap things up. I could talk to you guys both all day long. Um, but I did want to switch gears a little bit, um, Sydney and Nathan, because I, I am working actually with a, with a track athlete right now who's, who's hoping to go play at college. Um, and he's an interesting guy. He does really well in school. And he loves running, as you've described yourself, being internally motivated. I'm curious. What I really want to hear is um, – because running is different in its competition. 
action. Like Nathan has a ball, he's got a defender on him. Now I know you're running in the heat or you're, you're running in a, this, this runner is next to you. I get that sort of competitive, you're, you're competing against other athletes. It's not, it's not golf, for example. Well, it's not a good example either, but it's, 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 it is an individual sport, but you're still competing against other runners. So my question is, <clears throat> what I've discovered in my work is that the self-talk, this is what I wanted to hear from you, is the self-talk is sort of a different thing because there is nobody, yeah, there's people side by side you, but again, they're not in your face trying to block a shot or tackle you. So you really are in a more sort of autonomous, individualized <clears throat> competition what kind of self-talk have you developed um i don't know over your entire career including like dealing with in injuries both both in competition running pre-game running and then also dealing with injuries how has that ch changed over the years yeah for <clears throat> sure um in middle school and high school whenever i had a race i would i would get so nervous like and if it went well it went well and if it went bad it went bad so when it went bad, it like kind of like Nathan said, like it consumed me. I was so upset and I was like, you know, what is the point? Like I do all this work. It's not paying off. Like I should have made that move. I should have kicked sooner. Um, and then when I got injured, it was very frustrating um, seeing, I guess, like some people that I competed against or run with who didn't like took their sport for granted, the fact that they were healthy and could run. And that really frustrated. That was my main thing that frustrated me. And so then when I was starting to be able to run, I basically started from the scratch at college because I had to run for an entire year. And then I was like, at the, at the college level, and I'm like, whoa, like this is different. And this is t like terrifying. And so I think I maybe have been nervous for like maybe two races of my past three years at college. And I think that comes from I just feel lucky to be there. Like every race, like my um, trainer and I or my teammates, we would talk and they'd be talking about like, oh, this is my goal. Like, this is what I want to do. And then I would just be like, I just want to start. Yeah. And I was like, my <clears> goal, <throat> I mean, obviously I wanted to finish, but my goal at this point is like, I just want to start and then we'll go from there. And I guess my self-talk would be, I tell myself that I'm stronger than I think I am and that like why... I guess with running, yeah, like, I don't know, have a ball to chase, but there's always someone in front of you. And it's like, yeah. what does she have that I don't have? Like, I can do what she can do. And I guess just learning to trust my body and trust my training. And great. I love it. Yeah. Trusting that. Now you get it's great. I love it. I mean, you do have a your story between injuries and your motivation. It, it, I can understand why, you know, you get to the gate and you're just like, I'm just stoked to be here. Um, that's a different perspective. And it also relieves stress. It's another way. That perspective is a way to kind of get the stress and anxiety up your back a little bit more in terms of just being grateful to be there. Um, I think a lot of injured athletes can relate to that. Um, so we got about four minutes here. We're going to just get cut off. Nathan, what do you, what do you have to say? And then I, I wanted to close off, Sydney, with just hearing about some of your goals, both for like season and long-term, and then we'll close it out. But Nathan, what would you share about that in terms of – because you've talked about, you know, sort of peripherally about some of your mental health challenges in college. I'm curious how your self-talk changed over time, particularly with the ups and downs. Like, to keep it short, my whole thought process was like, there's more to this than, than just sports. I'm a firm believer. I came back from Europe because I wanted to get education. 
I always thought that I took my education for granted. Elementary school, middle school, I was just a hot mess. I didn't pay attention. I wasn't like um, doing all the stuff I needed to do. My goal, I always knew my goal was to go to school, to get educated, to just be more than just an athlete because everyone always perceived me as just an athlete. So I, w I would always talk to myself like, okay, like, no, I'm going to prove people wrong. That was like a nice motivating factor that I always told myself I'm going to prove people wrong and I'm going to be more than an athlete. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. All right, I love it. Cool. And I'd love to just wrap up here. Sydney, this has been really juicy from both of you guys. I think there's a lot of takeaways from, from listeners and, and obviously from myself, too. You guys are just throwing down some really good stuff. I've been taking notes. Um, I'm going to steal some of your quotes, Sydney, and use them with my, <laughs> my guys, if you don't mind. Um, but, yeah, I would love to hear your goals. Let's see, where are we here? We're in August. Okay. August of 2020. So I'd love to hear your goals for the upcoming season and your long-term goals. Yeah. Yeah, my goal for this season is honestly just to be able to race and fall back in love with my sport. Um, since about January, I've had a, I've had a rough I had a really rough season dealing um, with a little bit of injury and then just overall mental health. And I would say right now, like I'm good. This is the best I've been. Love and it. I just started being able to run again about a week ago. And so really, I don't have any goals like oh, I want to run this time. I want to like place this well like I just want to enjoy it and it's my last year I just want to really just soak it up and enjoy it and it would be really nice to complete a full year of running and I guess my long-term goal would just after college I want to keep running but I think then I'll be able to run because I want to run and enjoy it for myself rather than because I have a scholarship or because I have to like and I'd also like to keep coaching I think that's kind of my goal right now and I've only been with these girls for about two three weeks but they've completely like changed my mindset back on running I wanted to go back and coach them because I lost sight of like why I started running and so when I reached out to the coach I was like I want to show like I need them as much as they need me like I want to go back to where like I fell in love with running and yeah. working with them and just seeing like then progress even in the three weeks is it pays off a yeah, lot. It's really satisfying. It's really yeah. satisfying. Well, I think um, we'll close it out here. We got two minutes, but I, I think uh, coaching. I can speak from my experience. I mean, I, I had a really. I loved my college. I mean, this is all I wanted to do. I was very <laughs> disappointed. I couldn't keep playing, of course. But every career comes to an end. Um, but my point is with coaching and the work that I've done a lot of coaching, football and baseball, high school and college level. Not a lot, but I have. And uh, now even working as I am as a sports psych, there's like some heal there's like a healing element because like you give back and like you share like those angles that were like, oh man, I wish my coach or trainer or parent had done this to avoid that. And that certainly feels good. And um, it's just very satisfying. And then also when you watch people progress, it's just really, it's satisfying. Not like we're competing. It's, it's definitely <laughs> different, but it's... Uh, it's a different satisfaction and I think helps our own, you know, mental perspective and, and experience in, in athletics. Well, that's awesome. I'm so grateful. Uh, both you guys shared today. Thanks for joining us, Sydney. Obviously me and Nathan are doing this podcast as frequently as we can and we'd love to hear and stay in touch with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks so much. I don't have anything else. Anything else you guys want to share before we take off in 30 seconds? 
Well, just like, again, thanks for coming out. Um, thanks for vocalizing your experience. Um, people are definitely going to hear this. And uh, the goal is people to be aware, you know, and we're definitely going to keep in contact and just see how your season goes and how you're feeling throughout the year. Thank you. Awesome. Well, take care. Thanks so much, Sydney. Yeah. We'll talk soon. We'll follow up. For sure. Bye. Thank you. Bye.